Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for our radio audience tuning in to WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all can be with us. Also, tuning in to our online affiliates around the world via podcast. We're glad you all could be with us as well. Well, as you guys know, I do not have children of my own, but I love having conversations with individuals who have not only been able to navigate the world by themselves, but also as parents, the lessons they've been able to learn that they then share with us, and that's exactly what our next guest has done. We're excited to welcome Irina Smith to our broadcast today. She has written a book that is so fascinating, and it's, it's very layered, too. It's called The Golden Ticket, A Life in College Admissions Essays. We're going to talk to Irina not only about the journey of parenthood, but also navigating the world of beyond that, including with education and beyond, but also the lessons she's been able to learn that all of us, I think, can be able to benefit from and what she hopes you're able to take away from the book. Irina, really appreciate the time. Thanks for stopping by. Cyrus, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, the pleasure is definitely all mine, Arena. When this book was first pitched to me, I, I, I was I was going to say yes anyway because I love She Writes Press. But when I got <laughs> into the book, <laughs> I think the, the great thing I love about it is that it's so much more than just about parenting. It really is about navigating life and all the ups and downs that comes along with it. So my first question would be for you, Irene, is did you know going into the golden ticket that it was going to be so much more than about your kids going off to, to college? You know, I really didn't, and I think much like life, the book evolved in unexpected and unpredictable ways. Um, I think I started initially writing it as a story of how my husband and I tried to navigate the autism diagnosis of our first child, who was diagnosed at two and a half, and then I ended up working in the admissions office at Stanford University, and then I became an independent counselor, and then I realized that I was living two very separate lives, one in the world of high-stakes college admissions and one in the world of pretty challenging parenting. Yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned about Jordan because one of the things that does come up in the book and even you talk about even your own conversations with your father about your son Jordan and 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 mm-hmm. you know all that can come with that because I think when you're dealing with with any situation in life whether it's a diagnosis you weren't expecting or if, if you talk about life just happening to us there is of course trying to figure it out what was it like for you Irina as you were writing this book um, to figure it out or to start figuring out or feel, realize even though at times it was okay not to know all the answers. Right. So I think that last part that you said is exactly true. I think that I am increasingly coming to the conclusion that it is impossible to know all the answers and it is actually okay not to know all the answers. There's a great deal of power to me in admitting that you don't know something and in being willing to learn from it. Um, And I think what made our journey harder at the beginning, because you don't know what you don't know, is feeling like we had to have certainty, we had to have a solution, we had to figure out answers, we had to control the outcome. And the truth is that you really can't, whether it's in raising your own children or in college admissions or in really anything else in life. Yeah. 
So let's um, step back for a moment, Irina, for our audience, because again, like I said, when, I, when the book was first pitched to me, I had no idea how layered it was. So uh, the subtitle of the book being A Life in College Admissions Essays, I want to talk about that, because as I was saying to you before we went on here, it is interesting how normally college admissions is not something that typically gets a lot of national attention, <laughs> you, know, it, you know, but that has changed over the past past few years, where there is more attention, more scrutiny, I think, on it. Talk to us about that. I mean, how even the idea of something that is should be as you know exciting uh, for both the, the the student as well as the parents is something now that has definitely changed because of recent headlines. Yeah. So it's. I think it's been changing for a long time, and I think that certain. Um, inflection points have driven it further into the news. And if we really wanted to go back in history to why it captures the attention of so many people in such powerful ways, even people who are not currently applying to college or know people who are applying to college, I would mm-hmm. probably place some of the blame on the U.S. News and World Report rankings, which came out, I think, for the first time in 1983 and have since really sown the seeds of people wanting to go only to the top-ranked universities in spite of the fact that there are over 3,000 colleges and universities in the U.S., but, of course, nobody wants university number 2,500. I'm getting the math wrong, but, um, you know, everybody (laughs) wants the top 10 or maybe the top 20 if they have to. And so it's created this atmosphere of perceived um, and I think artificially created scarcity. And the more people apply, the more difficult and enticing it appears that if something is so exclusive and so hard to get into, it must be good. And then, of course, the Varsity Blues scandal in 2019, which, as you know, was a scandal which involved you know, numerous celebrities and other prominent people had to do with a college admissions counselor who was effectively taking bribes for parents to position their children as athletic recruits when they were not really athletes. And I think it really emblematizes what has happened to this process where people feel like they literally have to shop their child's face onto the body of a water polo player or a rower to get into these really highly coveted schools. And I think, too, even talking about the workplace, and you kind of take us back into that, I mean, what was that like for you to kind of reflect on uh, for yourself, Irina, because you take us back, I mean, and one of the things that I made a note of that you said is talking about how organized it was, how people use purposeful-sounding things like decide and commit. Uh, what was <laughs> what was it like for you to enter that world and and to realize that what kind of differentiated it um, from other places? Mm. So that's a great question. And I write in the book, and it's still very much true, entering that world felt like being asked to sit with the cool kids at lunch, because you are literally in this place that is the nerve center of deciding which best and brightest and extraordinarily gifted students are going to be part of next year's class. And back when I worked in admissions at Stanford, the admit rate was a positively inviting 12.5% as opposed to the 3.7% that it is now. So Stanford was 
getting roughly 25,000 applications for just over 2,000 spots, and now they're getting over 57,000 applications for the same number of spots. Um, I hope that Stanford is now better staffed because I cannot imagine people being calm and purposeful when you have that many applications to get through in such a short period of time. Um, but it was just fascinating to me on a human and storytelling level to be granted access to the life stories and aspirations and dreams of so many highly qualified, just really exceptional candidates. And I think, again, just adds another layer to this book. And, and I think, too, another layer to how I saw the title by the time I finished the book. I'm going to talk to you about that. Arena, I want to say for those who mm -hmm. are just tuning in, though, either on the radio side or online, you're listening to Conversations Live. I'm speaking with Arena Smith today. She's the author of the new book, The Golden Ticket, A Life in College Admissions Essays. I want to talk about The Golden Ticket because I think it, it plays a different, uh, several different roles for me in this book by the time I finished it, Irina. And that is, of course, we're talking about you know college admissions and that's one area people feel like they've gotten the golden ticket if they're able to get to a place that they have been wanting to get to or that you know a place that they looked at as, as something that is esteemed but also life I think right there are some people who feel as though mm -hmm. others have the golden ticket and the way that they are able to excel and that the opportunities available and then there are the other things that you talk about in the book which <laughs> kind of falls into the category of not feeling as though I got the golden ticket because I'm dealing with all of the things that happened. So I want to talk about that. How did you come up with the title of the book, and was it because of those different layers, Irina, that you seemed like that, that fit for it? So that's another great question and a good opportunity for me to do a shout-out to my husband, David, who was actually the one who came up with the title, The Golden Ticket. I should confess that I am terrible at titles, and we went through about – I don't know, at least a dozen of not really great titles until uh, I settled on the golden ticket. And one of the reasons that it struck my imagination and then grew on me is that the reference or the, the kind of top of mind reference is to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, where, of course, there are five golden tickets that are released and the owner of the coveted golden ticket gets to go into Willy Wonka's chocolate factory, or if we're superimposing onto the story that or stories that I tell in the book, Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Stanford, you know, whatever stand in you want to use for the chocolate factory. Um, but the interesting twist in the book is for everybody other than Charlie Bucket, it's a terrible experience. I mean, those kids who are not Charlie Bucket would have been far better off not having set foot in the chocolate factory to begin with. Um, and I don't want to get into all the terrible emotional and, and physical transformations that they undergo, but, you know, being kidnapped by squirrels and squeezed through a very narrow tube just are the two top that come to mind. So it's, it's a little bit of a be careful what you wish for story. Um, but I also, as somebody who studies literature, I'm very interested in the image or the idea of the coveted golden thing in literature that often proves to be 
antithetical to what people think it will be. You know, if you think about, for example, the ring or the one ring in The Lord of the Rings, it's everybody wants it, but it it doesn't really do anybody any good. Um, And, you know, there are other examples, obviously, as well, Jason and the Argonauts and the Golden Fleece and probably other things I can't remember. So I really, I wanted to put into question just, is there a golden ticket? What is it? How do you define it? Um, what what are the values, I guess, that you invest it with? Um, and is it just that one thing of getting into a school? Is it how you live your life? Is it a particular object or person or way of being? And, you know, I, I think the answer is pretty open-ended for me. Yeah. I think that is it, too. And I, and I love the fact that you mentioned be careful what you wish for, because it is that idea, too. And I think, too, it, it, it allows us some grace here, Irina. I think you, you point that out in very personal ways in the book. I was at times very – because I, when I had first prepped for this segment with you, I thought about, you know, how – what that decision must have been like. So I'll just ask you, did you have any hesitation about putting so much of yourself, so much of your own feelings, your own – on fears in a book like this? Mm-hmm. You know, I I had hesitation throughout and ambivalence throughout writing this book because it's, I mean, it's a memoir. So I think a memoir by definition has to be personal. And in the end, I decided to take the risk in being vulnerable and being honest and being open because I think that there have been a lot of books written about college admissions that either give advice or lay out ways in which you can stand out as an applicant or otherwise uh, approach it from the point of view of sort of this instrumental, if you do these things, you will be more likely to get into fill-in-the-blank schools. And I wanted to say something a little bit more profound about what the costs of that striving can be, particularly if the effort is being put towards schools where the chances of not being admitted are overwhelmingly high. And I thought I could make that message maybe more compelling by having some skin in the game, by saying this is these are my stakes in this process. This is what I was dealing with at home while I was doing this work. And one of the things that's been really gratifying for me since the book has come out is how many people have responded to it by connecting with me over difficult things that had happened to them or to their children that they didn't feel like they had permission to talk about earlier. It is a, it's a powerful book. I mean, there are, of course, um, uh, some bright spots in it as well. So I don't want my audience to think uh, I'm sharing another book that, <laughs> that is that is so reflective. <laughs> and, but but I do love the honesty, Irina. I have to say, and uh, it touches on topics that I think are so important. It not just, of course, professionally for you, but also personally. The ideas of you know for those who have have dealt with family members and thoughts of suicide, dealt with issues of mm-hmm. feelings in one's place. I also love the fact that you talk about the fact that. You know, the role of literature for you and, and how mm-hmm. one of the things that you love about literature is that it, it at least it, – it, because there's something to hope for. 
right? And you you even mm-hmm. talk about that in the book about you know needing hope. What is your hope though? It, when people finish this book, whether they have children or not, because that that's why I prefaced this conversation the way I did. I think anyone can pick up this book and find something that they can connect with. Mm-hmm. What is your hope that uh, the Golden Ticket does for the reader, Irina? So I think that my first and foremost hope is that it allows the it allows readers of the book to do what writing the book has done for me which is to help me be more honest and more compassionate first of all with everyone in my family um all three of my kids and my husband and I have had some really open searching conversations about what it was like to grow up in Palo Alto, which is sort of the epicenter of all of this striving and stress and things that we wish we had done differently and things that we're really proud of that we did. And I think if people leave this book with a better understanding that everybody is struggling with something that even if they're putting a good face to the world, that we're all, you know, to use a quote that I saw somewhere that I really loved, we're all really just walking each other home, that there is humor to be found if you happen to have a dark sense of humor like I do, even in really difficult situations. And ideally, people will read more books because I think books, what you said about literature, to me, books are a real comfort because they reflect worlds and experiences that might be radically different from our own, but also echo what we have experienced. And there's a quote by James Baldwin in there about feeling like he was completely alone in how he had suffered. And then he read books and and realized that, no, his experience was part of this long universal chain of people who also had suffered and found solace in sharing their story. Well, it is a powerful book. Congratulations to you in being able to share it, Arena, with the rest of us. And I think, too, again, these layers, whether, again, we're talking about college admissions, we're talking about the stressors of life and dealing with those as well as our own personal lives and dealing with the challenges that life brings. I think it kind of gives us an idea of how we can be able to look at those bright spots to find that golden ticket for ourselves and realize it looks different Mm -hmm. for everyone. That's another thing I came away with. Everyone's golden ticket is different. And I think, you know, for for some, it's just having health and happiness. For others, it may be other Mm -hmm. achievements, and that's okay. Again, Mm -hmm. the golden ticket is the Life and College Admissions Essays by Irina Smith. It is available through our friends at Amazon.com. Again, as I mentioned, published by She Writes Press. You can also get it through your favorite local bookstore if they don't have it. I know they'd be more than happy to order it for you. And, Arena, how can our audience stay connected with you? So I am on Instagram as well as Twitter as well as Facebook under Irina Smith Author. Or people can also visit my website, which is irinasmith.com. All right, Irina, again, congratulations. Appreciate this time today. Really glad you stopped by and looking forward to speaking with you again. Cyrus, thank you so much. This was great. I appreciate you. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Thank as always. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your life. Enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Let's go make today amazing. Take care. <music> 